0: Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome to Make Your Marketing Podcast. My name is Pia Larson, your host, and today I am joined by Kyle Gillette, who is the CEO and head coach at Sage Mindset Coaching? He is first and foremost a business coach, but second, a mindset coach. Which I, for anyone who knows me, I love mindset work and I love doing uh, talking mindset with other business owners. So this is going to be great. So Kyle works with small businesses. And he creates extreme accountability so you can achieve really big goals and your dreams and results um, for growth because that's what it's all about, right? As a small business owner. He has had some interesting stories in his in his life, so we're gonna dive into that. He is an ICF certified coach, behavioral analysis, and creator of what he calls the Sage Mindset Framework uh, that helps leaders in small businesses become leaders that they are meant to do. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kyle.
1: Hey, Pia. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. So let's dive right into it. I know that we both work with similar demographics. We work with small business owners and founders. And I know that when you work with a business coach, you know, there's the foundational stuff, there's like the hows and the tactical strategy. But Let's be real. I feel, and you probably agree with me, that ninety-five percent of business success is between is, is right here, right?
1: Yeah, is mindset.
0: Totally. Yeah. So yep. before we dive into it and share our um, our views on mindset, I would love to hear just a brief uh, background. Like, how did you get to where you are? What? Uh, why were you attracted to coaching and this type of coaching?
1: Yeah. I graduated from college in, I think it was 2005. Yeah, 2005. And I was in a kind of a rough place in life where I was 30 pounds overweight. I was struggling significantly with what my future was going to be. And I got invited to be part of a men's mentoring program Mm -hmm. to live in the house with these 18 and 25 year old guys. And it was a perfect timing, just very serendipitous because I was lost myself and needing to have direction and mentorship. So they put me in a position where I was mentoring, but the whole time I was also being mentored by somebody else. So I lived with these guys and tried to mentor them as best as I could while I got mentored too. And that program, I was in it for nine years in three different capacities. So I started as as the house leader the role, then they ran a pet resort to support the program and to fund it. So I ran the pet resort for a while, and then I became the executive director for a while as well. But the whole time I was mentored by a serial entrepreneur that run 30, 30 businesses and retired in his low uh, early 50s and then is still in his, I think he's in his 80s right now and he's still running that program. Wow. So he he was highly, highly successful. And every Tuesday I got to meet with him for an hour and a half at lunch and he mentored me directly, but he also helped me to to learn business skills, life skills, all that stuff. So that came together for me. And I couldn't have been more fortunate in terms of training. You, you couldn't ask for better training for small business purposes. We, My wife and I got married, met, had kids, all that stuff in that window. And so we wanted to move closer to either my family or hers. We chose to move closer to, to her family. And in the process, I wanted to have the same level of impact in terms of people, up here in washington state that i was having down in california Mm -hmm. so that was the that was the purpose it didn't happen for a couple years but i got a couple different jobs hr i worked in senior living and and realized that there was there's this behavioral analysis stuff that i'm really good at just very intuitive and natural at it studied that like crazy to get even better at it did 200 or 100 assessments over the course of a few months with people met with them one-to-one Shaped that craft some more. Started doing presentations. Won a contract, and I went. Wait a second.
0: <laughs> we might have maybe <laughs>
1: this could be a business, and I can get out of this low-paying HR job. So yeah. I quit the job. Started what is now called Sage Mindset Coaching, and the rest, in its own ways, is, is history.
0: And Sage stands for something, right? What if, What does it stand for?
1: Yeah, I, I believe all greater all great leaders are sage leaders. Okay. And if you if you look at it in this way where self-awareness is the essence age, which is the foundation of of any great leader, they need to have high levels of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So that's the foundation to their leadership house. Accountability is the nails and the hammer to keeping that leadership structure, that leadership house together. When any leader struggles with accountability, everyone else suffers around them, and in some cases the whole whole house crumbles in it. It burns and hurts a lot of people in the process. So mm. accountability is very key. Growth is the walls and the roof. So growth is how w- one remodels their leadership to fit more people underneath their influence, to adjust their style, their leadership, to fit their people. And to use a Maxwell idea, the blow the leadership lid, right? There's a leadership lid. And at times we've got to blow the roof off what's possible in our leadership to grow our leadership and then finally is empowerment that's the windows and doors that's where people can see into your leadership step under it walk through the door and step under it but it's also those that you're leading you've empowered them so much and trained them in the ways of a sage leader that they look out that out that window and see the grass is greener because it really is for them because they're so prepared and you you shake their hand you give them a hug and you say off you go i hope you kill it out there Mm. And that's, that's what a sage leader does as they empower people.
0: Is that a formula that you came up with? I'm curious or is it okay? I love the visual, I'm a very visual person. Um, So I love thinking about that. Uh, Let's, let's break it down. Uh, Let's break it down and start with um, self-awareness that, that gets bandied about a lot, especially in our newly conscious world after. You know, post-COVID, you know, everyone's looking to be more conscious of themselves. Can you kind of describe what your definition of that is and what successful self-consciousness or self-awareness is?
1: Yeah, fundamentally, a lot of people are are busy. Business owners are busy. I think often people trade business for busyness and they get them mixed up and you just change one letter. And it's interesting because you change that one letter and busyness is with a Y, but business is with an I. And so in self-awareness, we really need to know where I am and pay attention to that. So when I'm working with people, I help them to know that person and get to know that person. And the way to do that is you have to be present often leaders are are frustrated about the past or irritated about something that happened, but more often they're frustrated with the future or, or worried or concerned about the future. Mm -hmm. And you can't deal with, with the present near as well, if you're divided like that. Mm -hmm. So staying in the present and helping people stay in the present is the point of that leadership foundation of that self-awareness. And there's a ton of tactics and strategies that we can talk about for sure. And the mindsets that are there, but fundamentally it's, paying attention and taking the the getting to the i part of business but the catch is you also need to know why you're in business
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: and defining that as well
0: yeah so i have so many questions right off the bat so i'm guilty of that like next entrepreneur of living you know with the past mistakes and constantly going over that and then worried about the future especially in this day and age in 2022 and it's really hard to be centered and present. So can you give me just a couple of quick tactics that you use with your clients?
1: I think you have to first choose to believe that you can be, that you right. can be present. You have to commit. So there's a difference between deciding and committing. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a story I like to share with people. There's three frogs on a log. Okay. I want you to imagine those three, three frogs on a log and they're looking at a lily pad and two of them, Decide that they want to jump onto the lily pad. Okay, then a few seconds passes and you look again. How many frogs are still on that lily pad or on that log? Excuse me.
0: Um, that is a good question. Probably all of them.
1: Correct. Yes, okay. all three remain on the log because they've decided. Two of them decided they were going to jump off, but they didn't commit. Yeah. And when you commit, you get to this new level. You get to this this place where you you can't look back. It's the idea of if you've ever seen someone go off a, a jump or you've gone off a jump yourself, mm-hmm. you get to that trough in the in the jump, and there's no way you can stop yourself. You're either yeah. going to go s- flying off and all discombobulated, or you're going to land. You're going to stick the landing. Yeah. And I and I want my the people that I work with to get to that point of commitment. Yeah. And that is a big piece of being present and, and being self-aware is is committing in your mind that, yes, I can be committed to knowing myself better and putting the work into it. So it has to start there.
0: Okay. Any other quick hacks for, for being present?
1: Sure. Yeah. I think there's a great acronym that people can use and it's STOP. Mm-hmm. And it's the first word. It is S, which is stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then and stop and take your time. Mm-hmm. Stop. So stop. Take your time and breathe. Observe what's going around you, then move on, progress to the next mm-hmm. thing. But we often struggle to stop. And my tactic that I teach people is it's what I call the the magic of transitions. And it's these moments every single day that we have where I'm gonna get off this interview with you. Mm-hmm. And when the interview is over, I have an opportunity to transition from being an interviewee to then being a coach or being doing admin work for my business. Mm-hmm. And in that window of opportunity, that window of transition, I, I need to close the window of being an interviewee. Mm-hmm. Close that. And to do that, I can think about, okay, what was the conversation like? What did I learn from this conversation? Is there any follow-up I need to do? Once that's dialed in, I close that window and open the new window, like a browser window, Mm -hmm. which for me will be an admin window as I shift gears into that. But often we don't stop to do that throughout the day. And we continue to hold all these browser windows open in our mind of all these different roles that we play in our lives. But we don't take the time to close those windows, which means they're all draining our energy in the process.
0: Okay, I love that. I love that analogy because I'm literally sitting here with like 24 tabs open. <laughs> and I just love the visual about that. It's like closing and, and dif- dif- definitively moving on to the next role in the day.
1: Yep. yep. And in the process, you learn a ton about yourself and also you're going to have that reflective opportunity to learn from, I'm going to get to learn from you if I take the time mm-hmm. to close that window and go, oh, wait a second, I'm going to exit out of this window, but what what did I just experience? Mm-hmm. And the beauty is just like a computer, you, you open that browser again, that window is going to open back up with that same information for you. Mm-hmm. So our brains will operate in that same way. And I think people are afraid to close windows as a result, but mm-hmm. if they don't, their ability to give the people around them the attention they deserve diminishes greatly, and for them to be curious and observant is very difficult. If you got twenty-four tabs open, which which one are you going to focus on? Yeah. Even in that one particular role, so
0: yeah. But let's be realistic. Again, 2022. It is ridiculous how distracted we are. I mean, it's yeah. just insane. Yeah. Um, and I'm in digital marketing, so I get it. So it almost makes you just want to throw your hands up and go, I, I, I don't know what to look at. Like, I don't know what to pay attention to. So do you work with your clients on that as well? Like deciding what to pay attention to? Because that's part of being present, right?
1: hundred percent. And that that's the transition into accountability really mm-hmm. is what are my priorities? What are my goals? What is the vision that I have? That's that self-awareness piece that comes into accountability. What vision do I have for my business, for my life, most importantly? Mm -hmm. Defining that and then creating accountability around that particular vision or those particular goals. And and it's a hierarchy, right? Vision's at the very top here. And then you get into your goals and you get into your priorities and then you get into your systems and then you get into your tasks. Mm -hmm. That's the the hierarchy of what's possible, but you need accountability in each step of the way. Mm -hmm. So I teach people my own process, my own system as it relates to building what I call uncommon accountability or extreme accountability, because we need that. And if we don't, we can't accomplish what's, what's possible, what's, what's meant for us to accomplish if we don't dial in that accountability.
0: So what you're saying is not necessarily accountable to other people, but accountable to yourself and your values.
1: Yeah, and you tie in other people into it, but ultimately, you and I are responsible to stick with that commitment. Back to those those frogs, I'm responsible to stick to that commitment. But if I bring in other people to help me stick with it, then I'm going to be far more successful. So, I'll teach you the acronym real quick. I love acronyms. If I people can tell it. Already. I love
0: it. I love it.
1: <laughs> it makes things a lot easier for me to remember, so I can teach yeah. it easily. Yeah. But also for my clients to embody it in their own in their own ways. Uh, so I teach what's called an accountability PASS, P-A-S-S. And this comes from research that I've done. It comes from experience that I've had with other clients and mostly from the way that I've intuitively created accountability for me. So the P is for passive. If if you think about, I'm going to pick on you here. So what what's a big goal that you have in mind right now? Something you really would love to see happen the next, let's say, 90 days to a year.
0: Uh, business goal? Um Well, I'm going to pick business goal. I would love to be able to delegate more of my business to my team.
1: Okay. The question that I would follow up on a coaching conversation with you would be, for what reason? Right. And and we can't obviously dive into that in this conversation, but we would go through, what's the reason for that? What's the reason for that? What's the reason for that? And then Mm -hmm. finally, you're going to get to the feeling, the heart of it and then you're going to tell a story. The story is you want to you want to delegate more for what? Maybe you want to be able to travel or maybe you want people to their their abilities to be on display and for them to feel good. Whatever the story is, you tell that story to yourself, but then to make it passive, you still you tell the story to as many other people as you can. So you maybe you tell 5, 10, 15 other people that you're you're creating this much more powerful environment in your workplace of delegation so that people can experience what it's like to creatively, to freely and creatively and contribute to your business, right? So there's a story there that's meaningful. And then people will pay attention because stories are powerful and people care about stories, facts and information that says you want to delegate more. That's boring. Nobody gives a crap, but you tell them a story of why, and they care, and then they'll follow up with you later down the road. Not all of them, I understand, you know, yeah. you tell 10 people, maybe two will follow up, but those two people have created passive accountability for you because they'll say, hey, so what's going on with, with your team? How are they doing with being creative and and helping you out? And is it is it de-stressing for you? Boom, now you're reminded, oh, crap, I need to stay on top of that. Yeah. So there's some accountability there. So yeah. that's the P. The A is for active. So you're taking that same group of people that you've told the story to and you're choosing one or maybe two and saying, Hey, Pia, I'd love to talk to you about this goal that I have. You tell the story and you say, can you help me stay on top of this goal mm. and keep, keep me on top of it and moving forward with it just through some conversations every other week? And you set up a 15 minute phone call or an hour long coffee or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you have a purposeful conversation with them. And it's active because they know that they need to ask you questions about it. But you return that for them, too. You say, hey, what's what's the thing you want to accomplish? I want to help you stay accountable. Yeah. So that's the P and the A. Um, and then you have the first S, which is structures. Sorry. So these are the, the things we can put in place. Uh To do lists, contracts, Mm -hmm. uh, email reminders, all kinds of things like that. And last is self uh, self accountability, which is your your commitment side of things, which we already talked about with the frog story. But it's choosing to commit to accomplishing that goal to delegating in your case.
0: Yeah. So shout out for having an accountability partner when you're in
1: Amen. business, right? <laughs> yep. 100%. And I have accountability groups groups that I create for that purpose.
0: Okay.
1: Of, of business owners and leaders that that we meet every other week and we discuss what's going on in their businesses, challenges, struggles, yeah. what's what's the the big thing that you need us to help you with and there's a hot seat and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I got to embody and and live out these this sage approach, but I do it because it freaking works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, the the power of, I've been in one group for over a year with these guys and people have quit jobs and started their own businesses. Mm-hmm. People have, have brought the business, excuse me, to the best place it's ever been, so on and so forth. So accountability is massively important.
0: That's amazing. Okay. So we're on to letter G in Sage. What is letter G?
1: So G is growth. Oh. It's the growth growth mindset. Okay. Again, it's it's, you're choosing to be abundant, not scarcity.
0: Yep, That's huge. That's so huge. And I work with so many small businesses that that's kind of where we get stuck. So our, we mark, we help businesses lead generate and, uh, through marketing. Um, but we get seem to get stuck when when we're dealing with some business owners because they have this, well, I can't compete with so-and-so or I don't have the budget for this or I don't like, I need this much business before I can afford to market, which is backwards. Like, It's just a lot of I need or I don't have, instead of saying, how can I make this work, right? And just saying, yes, you build it and then they will come. Can you speak more about that?
1: Yeah, I think for growth, one of the key things is you you gotta be curious. Mm. You gotta be very curious about your industry, about yourself, about your, your avatar, about your current clients. Mm-hmm you have to remain curious and have a beginner's mindset. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the, the best ways to have a beginner's mindset is to, to teach what you're doing, mm-hmm. because if you teach what you're doing, you have to simplify it so much more. Sage is, is something that I thought was really straightforward, but as, as I've written the book and started to interact with my editor interact with people about it, I realized that it's, it's so intuitive to me, but it's, it's mine. And yeah. so I know it really well. And yeah. so staying, staying with a beginner's mindset helps helps me to grow in my own way as I learn more about this tool that I've created and it helps me to be curious about other people and that that opens up doors for really better connections with people and if you're going to grow your business and if you're going to grow yourself you need the people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise
1: it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's that's a couple of them and the, and the other one I'll share is is feedback. You you need to be willing to receive and give feedback boldly and courageously and it hurts and it sucks. I'm in Toastmasters. And so they Mm -hmm. count your uhs and ums and, and likes and, you knows, and they critique how well you did, how bad you did. And everybody gets critiqued every step of the way, but that feedback loop is absolutely beautiful. And that brings us back to accountability. You need those conversations with that accountability partner to get that honest, brutal feedback sometimes and then that moves us back to that foundation, which is in the process, you're becoming more and more self-aware. So all of it's extremely synergistic.
0: So quick question on feedback. What is the best way to give feedback and how is the what is the best way to receive it without just feeling devastated every time?
1: I, it starts with empathy and trust. Okay. okay. Uh, my clients, I give them very direct feedback as, as they're telling me something and we're coaching, I'm asking them questions. There's moments where I know I need to interject and give them some direct feedback. But in the process, I've truly listened to them mm-hmm. and to use a Covey principle, sought to first seek to understand, then be understood. So I grabbed a hold of what are they really saying and then read between the lines. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been taught and, and, and I've studied that most people, what they say at first isn't what they really mean. When, when you're getting into the deeper, into yeah. the deeper waters, mm-hmm. what they say at first isn't the, the real truth. And so if you listen deeply and start to ask more questions and be curious, mm-hmm. then because you're listening, that's already empathy. Mm-hmm. And then you can get directly at them. I'll, I'll give you an example. I have a construction client that he wants to grow his business from, I think we're at, yeah, we're at 1 million a year and he wants to grow up to 10 million in the next three years. Mm-hmm. And it's totally possible. And I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Four weeks ago, we were on the call and he was just halfway there. And I said, Joe, his name's not Joe, but I said, Joe, I don't feel like you're very committed to the coaching right now. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is your level of commitment on a scale of one to 10? And he said, it's a six. I said, okay. What's it going to take to get it to at least an eight and then beyond from there? And then we had a conversation around that. But after we had that conversation, he said, you're right. And I'm glad that you confronted me about that. Yeah. But I could confront him because we had weeks of conversation and weeks of trust. And I already set the expectation with him that he had to be 100% committed. Otherwise, I'm going to confront him about it. Yeah. So I did. So it's, it's the empathy. It's the deep listening. And it's setting expectations are the three things that I'm saying there.
0: Right. And then to receive it, to receive the
1: feedback. (laughs) That's a whole nother animal, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Some people are more open to it. Some people aren't. But I think no matter who it comes from, don't take it personal. And that's weird because they're talking to you and telling you about it, but take it as an objective piece of data and then analyze that data and get yourself out of the picture. Get yourself, be meta about it, if you will, Mm -hmm. get yourself out of the picture and look at it as if, it's just a, a, a addressing a stat or giving you a stat, giving you a data point to look at. Yeah. If you're able to do that, it's a lot easier. I think the the, the crucible for that is is your your significant other, of course. Mm-hmm. Can you can you allow that significant other to to share that harsh comment and and see the comment as this. This thing of itself, yeah and not an attack on you and examine, be curious about that that thing that they shared with you. Let it have its own life, look at it, learn from it, and let that let that object be the feedback, not the person. and then you're able to, to receive it a lot easier if the person isn't the one that that's you're getting the feedback from. It's more that piece of information that they shared.
0: Yeah because it's really it's really interesting when you think about how you perceive yourself versus how others perceive you. You know, I've, I, you know, it's as painful as it is. I think I learn deeper about myself when I can truly accept the feedback and go, interesting. And it's not just one person, right? We start hearing yep. it from several people.
1: So, yep. Yeah. yeah and, and if you can't, then that goes back to the growth mindset. And that means that you might have a fixed mindset in that particular area. Yeah. You've set your mind on a very specific way of doing thing and you're fixed. You're so focused on it that you, you, you got blinders. So you can't see outside of that way. Yeah. So you're fixed yeah. and stuck. Yeah. But when, when that, that thing comes in, it makes you lift your head up and look around a little bit. And then yeah. you can start to move towards that growth mindset in that particular area.
0: Yeah. Wow. A lot of information in 30 minutes. This has been amazing. But um, a couple more questions for you. I did read in your bio that you had a a few life threatening or life experiences. Do you have time to share one or all of them with us? Because I'm sure that had something to do with changing your mindset at some point in your life.
1: Sure. Yeah. In 2000, I think it was 2009 or maybe late 2008, uh, I had I was riding a motorcycle in this residential area, and I, I used to live in San Luis Obispo, California, which is this phenomenal city worth visiting. It's absolutely beautiful. I lived there for twelve years, went to college out there, mm-hmm. and. There's a city called Arroyo Grande that's out there and a lot of the housing area oversees the Pacific Ocean. So absolutely gorgeous. Nothing's blocking your your view. It's past your land. So you can see the Pacific Ocean, beautiful and clear. So early in the morning, I got up and rode to this residential area that was in development. So it was just paved roads and that's it. There's no houses, no obstruction of view, nothing. So I went out there and rode to the, the end of the end of the, I guess, development and just sat on the bike, leaned on the bike and... Took it in. Absolutely beautiful. Then got back on, put my helmet on, got back on and started riding back. And I was going really fast. I realized that I was going really fast because I looked down when I realized that. And I was going 50 miles an hour in a residential area with was somewhat curvy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: obviously not safe. And I went up this hill that I thought it was just a, a straight hill. It was a curve instead of a straight hill. And when the curve came, it was a surprise to me. And instead of doing what I should have done, which was not slam the brakes, but lean the bike really hard, you know, do some other things to help myself. I slammed the brakes, locked everything up and started skidding across the road and right into the, there's a curb, a black curb. Yeah. And I hit that curb and the front tire bent, jacked up my hand in the process. And I went flying 30 feet through the air. And and landed with my legs entangled in barbed wire fence. My head smashed into the ground and gave me a concussion, knocked me out. And when I came to, I don't know how long it took. I was by myself. I have no idea how long I was out. But when I woke up, the motorcycle engine or motor was 12 inches, 12 to 18 inches from my head.
0: Holy
1: crap. So I was actually fine besides the concussion. My I have some scars in my legs from the barbed wire fence, mm-hmm. and my foot was smashed up, and I think my hand still messed up from it. But otherwise, I was really okay. And I was in that moment that I felt God saying, you know what? I'm not done with you. Quit being a moron. I've got a lot more for you to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't the moment that I realized what sage was or anything, but I but I realized that there was more for me to contribute to the world. Yeah. And that was a catalytic moment for me. It, in retrospect, actually, it was like I had to look back at that moment for it to really create the the impetus for change, the impetus for commitment. Yeah. Uh, but but it was it was definitely eye opening. And my my girlfriend at the time, now wife, said, hmm, "You don't get to ride anymore."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> "Darn it, darn it." <laughs> I was gonna say, "Yeah, but I got to get back on the bike. You got to get back yeah. to horse kind of thing." Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about this book that's coming out in August of this year. What's the name of it? And who's it for? And what's it all about?
1: Yeah, so it's called Sage Leadership. And it's the four part framework for helping you to become a people first leader. Okay. And the focus is obviously about helping people become first, are people first leaders. And in there, I walk through the the mindsets and habits of each of the pillars of Mm -hmm. Sage to help people dive into that process. Uh, my my mantra is I want people, I want to help business leaders and small business owners to shift their mindsets and habits so they can become the leaders they're meant to be. Mm. That's That's my goal. And in this book, it teaches you how, which habits and mindsets you can shift towards to become that sage leader, which ultimately will help them become the leader yeah. they're meant to be. So a lot of what we talked about today is in the book. Okay. A lot of, of the the processes to implement what we talked about today is in the book as well. And it walks you through this whole, whole process. And at the end I give you a 10 day jumpstart says, this is how you can implement this in 10 days. And then I also pull back the curtain. I say, this is how I do it. This is my daily weekly and monthly routine that I use to implement the Sage process into my business and in my life and why it works so well for me and why it works so well for my clients.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to read that. Um, I'll put the link in the in the show notes. But do you have something that people can? Um, do you have any assessment or something that can help them do more mindset work uh, that yes. they can download?
1: Yeah, on my website, there's a there's a button at the top that says Sage Leadership Assessment, or it might just say Leadership Assessment. Mm-hmm. They can take that. It takes five minutes, seven minutes to take, and it what it does is it reviews 24 different behaviors of a sage leader. So you you dive into those 24 behaviors based on the frequency that you do those behaviors. And every time you give a response, it spits out a statement associated with that behavior and what it means. So if you do something rarely, that means something different than if you do something consistently. And then I give people video feedback on what the results mean for them personally to really personalize it and help them get the most out of those results.
0: I'm going to take that test today. So, and that's at uh, sagemindsetcoaching.com, is that
1: correct? Just sagemindset.com. Okay,
0: sagemindset.com. Well, Kyle, thank you very much. We covered a lot in 30 minutes, but uh, a lot of great takeaways. I really appreciate your time and hope to have you back on the show someday.
1: Yeah, thank you, Pia. I appreciate it. All right.
0: guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me cause I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you wanna chat about. Thanks again for listening.